if you want to be a leader in your life, whether it's with your kids or with your clients, you have to become a person who can hold attention for a long time, not just a few minutes on a video, but through a workshop or through a year of them being on your email list or um, raising kids. I mean, that's the hardest. Welcome to the Positive Productivity Podcast, episode 633. The Positive Productivity Podcast was created to empower entrepreneurs to achieve and appreciate personal and professional success. I'm your host, Kim Sutton, and if you're ready, let's jump into today's episode. Welcome back to another episode of Positive Productivity. This is your host, Kim Sutton, and I am so happy to have you here. I am thrilled also to introduce you today to our guest, Rachel Jane Groover. Rachel Jane is the creator of the Art of Feminine Presence. And well, Rachel Jane, I just want to thank you already for your patience with me today. I mean, life happens. You know, I had to go pee because I had to stand in line behind my kids because they had a two hour early dismissal. I know that's a lot of TMI, but every day, you know, we have to embrace who we are in every single way. And I just have an extreme feeling that you are helping women, well, and probably men worldwide as well, embrace who they are. So welcome. And I'm so happy that you're here. Oh, you're so welcome. It's great to be here. And yep, there's always so much going on, especially when you're a business owner. And oh my gosh, with five kids, I can't believe it. But we are we're in the mix of things as well, too. We're about to leap for two and a half months tomorrow on a speaking and event tour. So everything's happening here as well. Oh my gosh. Is this a worldwide tour or national tour? Where It is um, half the world. <laughs> we are going to Southern California first to do our Art of Feminine Presence event there. And then we're going to Australia to do four events there. And then we come back via Hawaii and then back to Colorado where I live now. Okay. Well, I so just a week and a half ago, I was out in San Diego and flew there from Ohio. Uh-huh. And I, I've got to tell you, it created a new goal. Actually, it created a new goal for me last year during the same trip of mm. in the future. I need to actually put a date on it, I think. I will fly exclusively first class. Oh, yes. Because I... Okay, this is full-blown admission from Kim. I buy, the cheap, I, I buy the cheapest flight possible, and I want to grow. I will grow out of that. I'm just going to say it. I will grow out of that because I'm tired of the middle seat. I do not want the middle seat. And exactly. I, I love the window seat when I have no other, you know, window seats preferred because I don't want people climbing over me, mm-hmm. and I don't want to have to get up 18 times. Mm-hmm. But there mm-hmm. will be that day where I will sit in first class. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, it was an interesting conversation with me and my husband when we made that decision. It was a few years ago now. And for me, I was so in the same boat, like, I am not doing this anymore. I just fly too much because we're on the road at least 50% of the time. So now, and so we're like, this is, this has got to finish. But my husband's a little more, um, economically minded, you know, like, oh, I don't know about that. And the whole image, he's sort of a bit more concerned. Like, we don't want to show, like, we're splaying our money around. And I'm like, no, 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 no. I just don't want the middle seat. Like, that's all it's about for me. And and as soon as we did it, the level of abundance, the level of freedom, the level of peace, I mean, it massively went up and it definitely uh, affected our monetary monetary you know abundance business doing that so um if anybody else is sort of sitting there going well it's a bit too much because it was a stretch for us when we did it it'll totally pay off in so many ways i love that you say that and and i don't say this to complain but this is just what i want to move away from i love to sleep on the airplane home well let me me just be more honest i would prefer to work but when you're in coach there's no room anymore to put a laptop onto the drop down table i know you just can't yeah and so i was trying to sleep and i was in the window seat there was a middle seat and then the person in the aisle seat reached over the guy in the middle poked me woke me up and asked me for a pen so she could do her crossword puzzle oh no do you get that in first class no (laughs) 
<laughs> I just, I, I'm too polite. But what I was thinking was, are you serious? Oh my gosh! You yeah. woke me up for a pen. Yes. Yeah. No, no, no. Well, yeah. There's a lot, lot of stuff going on in in our lives, and I'm glad to be here. You know, talking about positivity, productivity, presence is a big, um, big topic of ours. How to really be present in the moment. What does that actually mean? How does that affect your spiritual path and your business and your career and all of that good stuff? Oh, I love that. And now that I've admitted that I love to sleep on airplanes, I would love to, I would love to hear more about presence. Well, all of the above, but especially presence. But first, would you mind sharing a bit of your journey and how you got to where you are today? Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I'm originally from Australia. Some of you could probably hear the the half and half accent there. Uh, after this two-month trip, I will be sounding a lot more Australian just overnight. But right now I've been here uh, almost 18 years. And I was a singer full-time before that. So I was singing in Australia, um, focusing on my own original music as well as whatever gigs that I could do, teaching stage presence, teaching vocal technique. But I really wanted to make the the leap to not just entertaining people for entertainment's sake, but to inspire them in some way, to change their life for the good. And at that time, life coaching was becoming a new thing. Um, I was starting to watch Oprah a lot because she was having all these wonderful teachers on at that point, like around the 2000, 2000 year, 2000, 2001, yeah. Gary Zukov and Jan and Dr. Phil and all of that. And I'm this Australian girl, really, felt like a girl at the time, glued to the TV going, oh, my gosh, these Americans, they're just so amazingly conscious. And that was a big pull. And, I mean, I I finally got here and I realized not everything about this country is conscious, but that's for another conversation. Uh, But I moved here in desire for change, to become sort of a, a, a inspirational leader in some way. I didn't know how it was going to be. And I also had a feeling like my man was living in America because in Australia my love life sucked big time. And that was all pulling me. And I, I a miracle actually, miracles occurred to get me to the States and ended up in a volunteer position for a well-known spiritual author and they were doing retreats with their company and all of this personal and spiritual development work, which was so up my alley at the time. And I just sort of got into it. And at the same time, all of these life coaches were telling me, these American life coaches were saying these words I'd never heard before, which went along the lines of just do what you love and the money will follow. And I'd never heard that before in my life. I was like, that's the most brilliant thing I've ever heard. Um, Until I realized it's actually not true. (laughs) I, I tried to do that, but I didn't make any money. I mean, I had passion, but it takes a little bit more than just doing what you love to make good money. And I think a lot of people can do that. And so in this transition of country and career, I realized that I have to get people's attention. If I can't get people's attention and hold people's attention, I have nothing. And that goes for the male attention that I wanted, the friend's attention that I wanted because I didn't know anybody and this starting of my business. But that went directly to my biggest fear, which is what I now work with women and some men all over the world doing. And the fear was being seen, being visible, like truly allowing yourself to be in the spotlight when you're meant to be in the spotlight, but freaking out at the same time because internally I'm shy. I'm an introvert, very, very strong introvert. And so I've always had this push-pull dynamic between really wanting to be seen and not wanting to be seen. You know, I'm really wanting to be in the spotlight more and not wanting to be in the spotlight. I don't know, Kim, can you relate to that at all? Oh, my gosh, Rachel Jane, yes, I can totally feel you on that. I did a Facebook Live yesterday morning because I'm really working on becoming more visible, being more visible Mm -hmm. and sharing my message in the way that it needs to be shared. Mm -hmm. And the hardest part for me, and this is going to sound so goofy, is figuring out where I'm supposed to be looking on the screen. And that holds me back so so uh, much because yeah. in watching the replay, which I let stay up, I 
I was laughing at myself. I was like, you look drunk. <laughs> you can't sit Where still you because you're like fidgeting and your your eyes are going all over the place. I mean, just figure mm-hmm. out where you're supposed to look, Kim. But mm-hmm. I've been allowing those silly little things. Mm-hmm. And, and I realized they might not be so silly, but those silly little things are keeping me back from putting myself out there to the capacity that I really could. And yes, I'm an introvert exactly. too, despite being all these episodes into the podcast. Mm-hmm. I'm a total introvert. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but you want to make a bigger impact. And I know a lot of your listeners want to make a bigger impact, whether it's business or their own career or with their family or in their community projects. I mean, so much is happening right now where people want to make a larger difference, but you've got to be able to become an inspirational face of your message or an inspirational leader in some way if people are going to actually follow you. You know, we talk a lot about having followers, but you've got to become the person people desperately want to follow. And I wasn't really that. I wasn't super present. I knew how to sing. I knew how to be very present on stage when I was in music, but I really quickly got, I have to be able to move that to when I'm speaking about what's important to me. And speaking was a really challenging thing back at that time. I started doing Toastmasters out of desperation, you know, like how can I get out of this freak out around speaking? And I realized the biggest realization was when I had to look very hard at all of the people who were inspirational leaders in the transformational or personal development industry that I was trying to be in. And there was only a few really that are doing amazing, like their income and their impact and all that. And there was thousands upon thousands of us who were struggling, were hardly making any money or trying to make a difference and nothing's working. No one's really watching our videos. We put out something on social media and there's crickets most of the time. And and what was the difference? And when I realized that those people who who were doing well, they had a lot of presence. I mean, I got to meet quite a few of them in person and not saying that that sort of presence means they were like a completely functional human being. (laughs) Sometimes that's a whole different thing. But I mean, like that magnetic present quality to them, what just drew you in. And when I started meeting them and seeing them, I'm like, they're doing a lot of the physical, energetic, vocal things that I was teaching my students about how to be on stage. And so slowly but surely, I started teaching people how to, the energetics of being present, mostly for their videos and speaking and their work, but quickly um, realizing how much it had to do with the masculine and feminine dynamic in relationship. And I had struggled with that a long time. And so when I started doing these art of feminine presence practices, I was my first guinea pig. So I practiced myself and very quickly a whole different caliber of man started showing up in my life, which finally led me to meet and marry my gorgeous husband um, and then once that was moving, I, I was using them in business and I started putting the Art of Feminine Presence practices into work through speaking, inviting a few women to my living room. And I got five women when I moved to Colorado. I didn't know a soul. And we started doing these practices every week in just sort of very mini class format. We'd all go out into our lives and practice And every week they come back and they're like, oh my God, like I am getting so many more clients. I'm getting so many more dates. I'm getting so many more fill in the blank, whatever they were doing. And from those five, it was in Fort Collins, Colorado, where we were living at the time. Out of those five women who were only very new to me, within six months, I had 35 women coming to my living room to learn these practices because it spread through town so quickly. And... A year later, I had done two teacher trainings. So we had uh, about 20 teachers now teaching it in different parts of the world. And now 10 years later, we've just had our 10th year anniversary of the first class. And we have worked with over 12,000 women in different corners of the globe, teaching them these 44 practices, which we call the art of feminine presence. So it's been quite a journey. And it's you know, triggered me in every which way. And and the other thing that I'll just say before I throw it back to you with questions and things is that it started with the pain in my love life 
and then it moved to the pain and the challenge in my career. But what I have found is that it, is, it has been a doorway of profound spiritual awakening for me, particularly in the last two years where my mind has gone pretty much silent for good. Um, the emotional roller coaster I used to be on has, has pretty much gone. Um, I'm humbly still in the process, but there's been very, very strong awakenings through this process because it is about presence and presence um, on stage is about are you in the moment versus in your head bubble. You know, the video like you were talking about is still are you present in the moment or are you in your head bubble? You're out of your body. Your eyes are flickering around, whether you know it's the, you know, where do I look or just your energy's not grounded in your pelvis or in your legs or in your feet. And most people that I see these days who are speaking on stages, who are um, shooting videos, what have you, they are not in their body. They're not doing these practices. And so people don't stick with them for very long. I mean, they might watch for a few minutes, but then they're not able to hold people's attention for the long haul. And if you want to be a leader in your life, whether it's with your kids or with your clients, you have to become a person who can hold attention for a long time, not just a few minutes on a video, but through a workshop or through a year of them being on your email list or um, raising kids. I mean, that's the hardest um, so that's what I'm really passionate about most is the unraveling of the mental mind, the ego dynamic that keeps people prisoner and what's been happening, not just for me and my, but my clients over the last then one year, because everything's speeding up, everything's changing is actually quite phenomenal. But as I say to them, the enlightenment process only comes through the level of embodiment that you're able to hold for sustained periods of time. And Art of Feminine Presence is teaching that um, as well as tactical things you can do in your in your leadership and in your work. You have me thinking in about 18 different directions of good. <laughs> Thank you. And the, one of the first things that I was thinking about was while this live was a hot mess. If I can just, I have no mm -hmm. problem picking on myself. Mm -hmm. I, you got me thinking about the groundedness and just mm -hmm. prior to re to recording that live, I had actually recorded five videos for my work smarter, not harder challenge. Mm -hmm. And I've been reviewing those today and I realized, okay, those are good. Mm -hmm. Like I'm actually surprised. Do they mm -hmm. have bloopers? Yes. But I always include the bloopers at the end. So, mm -hmm. but I'm actually, I'm not all over the place. Mm -hmm. I, when I, when I think I tend to look off to my left, but I bring it right back and I was mm -hmm. grounded for those videos. Mm -hmm. So now I just want to thank you because I realize in everything that you were saying, I just need to center myself before I get on there. Absolutely. And, and I might be looking at the wrong hole, <laughs> but you know. That it could have come out so bad. It but it doesn't, doesn't matter really because if no. I'm not looking like a, a fidgety mess, then I can mm -hmm. keep people with me better. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Okay. I have to add, or I just had to go back to what you were saying about leaving Australia and that your love life down there was a mess. Before I, just before I met my husband and we met on Craigslist in 2010, he had said that if Craigslist didn't work for him he was actually going to go to australia because he just wasn't <laughs> having any success here and so i want to thank you for something else too because you got me thinking about three weeks before we met i actually wrote a soulmate spec sheet mm -hmm. and then we stroke of luck we met he had almost all of them but something I just realized while you were talking that i never did i never created that that same type of spec sheet for my life and business after meeting him. Mm, mm. What does my life look like in, in my dreams? Right. Mm -hmm. I have a general idea, but I never, I was an interior architect before um, mm -hmm. in my previous career. So I drew blueprints all, all the time, but mm -hmm. why haven't I ever blueprinted my dream life? Mm. Why? I, I don't think it ever occurred to me until until you were sharing your story. And I was like, ding, I mm -hmm. need to do that. 
I Absolutely. Mean, even from I'm, the first class flying, you know, mm-hmm. that's on my blueprint. It needs to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and there's going to be some magical things that happen along the way that you, you that are definitely not on there. I mean, I never planned to do Art of Feminine Presence teacher training. Like that was not in my, oh, I will do these classes and then I will do a workshop and then I will certify people to do it. That was never, ever in the plan. A, a multi-million dollar company per year was never in the plan. Like until recently as, as we were getting, everything was growing. But it, what was in the plan early was definitely making an impact. I knew I wanted to be a trainer and be in the room with people. I wasn't cut out to be on the phone coaching people all day. I run cutting edge live experiences that have a very strong amplified field. And that's why people get the breakthrough they get through, which you can't quite get reading a book or listening to a Zoom call or all of those things. So I knew it was that. I knew I wanted my husband to be my business partner and and me support him and him support me, which has happened. And to get into my zone of genius and out of things I didn't didn't want. And so there was some other things there, but I was very clear on that. I was very clear it had to be spiritually centered. Um, I'm not super religious. I grew up Christian, but I've studied many, many different paths. I'm more, I'm more interested in the spiritual awakening journey that lets go of the mind chatter and the fear and all of that so it can dissolve. Um, and so all of those things were on it. And then just letting life, and and spirit and the divine take you somewhere so it's a bit of both and i'm i'm sure that's what happened too in uh your spec sheet for your husband like for me i I had certain things on the list and then other things were like i didn't even have that on the list and you're that that's amazing yeah and some of the things that i had on my list there were five that he didn't have and i Mm. realized after the fact you really didn't want that i mean i thought i wanted somebody who could do that loud sports whistle <laughs> that would have driven me crazy. I mean, the last thing my husband can't even whistle. I can't whistle. I mean, if my kids what? were running around right now doing that loud sports whistle because my oh husband my taught God. it to them, I would be going donkey yeah. bonkers. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, I, okay. Just because I'm curious, sometimes I call it nosy. How did you meet your husband? <laughs> I met him at Toastmasters actually oh, trying really? to get out of my fear of, you know, being, being, speaking in front of a group, he had, um, I actually asked my higher self, my higher guides, whatever you like to call it, like, where am I going to meet my man? Where do I go? Because when I moved to America, I met someone very quickly that I thought was the guy and very quickly was not the guy. Um, and so after that, I was like, where, where do I meet great guys? And like, as clear as you're talking to me, the, a voice said Toastmasters. I'm like, wow. what the hell is Toastmasters? I think I've heard of it um, because I think someone told me about it in America. I'd never heard of it in Australia, didn't know what it was. It's a speaking club for those of you that don't know, and it's a um, sort of like chambers of commerce in the way that it's led by the community. It's not like led by um, other people, nonprofit. So I joined, and within a few weeks, Dada, my husband, joined <laughs> Um, so we, but we were three years friends before he ever got up the courage to ask me out. No, he, <laughs> he, he would laugh at that. He goes, no, no, it was not the courage. He had some judgments about me. I had my judgments about him. And we just became friends for three years there until we started playing music together because he is a phenomenal bass player. And I was a singer. I had quit my singing, um, after not having, you know, great experiences right at the end and just wanting to be in a different career. But I also heard a very strong voice in my head say, how are you, uh, like after three years, I said, I haven't met my guy. Where is he? What do I do now? And I closed my eyes and the brightest neon sign in the, like front of the black of my eyes when they were closed said, sing. I'm like, what? sing and I'm going to meet my guy well I have learned to follow that inner voice Mm -hmm. and so I said okay I'm going to sing the only musician I know is Dada Groover so I better ask him and see if he wants to be my bass player and within a few weeks of playing music there was a bit of a different vibe going on let's say I saw a whole different 
part of him, just this beautiful, very spiritually centered, gorgeous, sexy on the bass playing, if I can say so myself, um, <laughs> yes, you can. guy. And it just changed. And we, um, we've been together ever since. That's, we've been together 13 years now. Wow. Mm-hmm. Hey there, my friend. I hope you're enjoying this episode of the Positive Productivity Podcast. I wanted to take a quick moment to invite you to join the Work Smarter, Not Harder Challenge. Over the course of 30 days, these free, yes, free, short videos will teach you a few of the systems and strategies I set up in my business so I can get away from my computer and back to the people I love. I invite you to sign up now at WorkSmarterNotHarderChallenge.com. Again, you can sign up at WorkSmarterNotHarderChallenge.com. Well, I, I want to share. I always listen to whatever the divine or spirit or I, for me, I am Christian, but my spiritual belief goes way beyond that as well. So yes. I always listen. But after I met my husband, we actually took a three-month break from dating because I scared the heck out of him. <laughs> In a good way. He had a long chain of emotionally unstable people that he was with. Uh, and mm -hmm. when when I, just a simple thing of asking him, do you want me to get you anything from the kitchen while I'm up? Mm -hmm. Scared the, you know what, out of him. Because mm -hmm. he wasn't used to people asking yes. him if he wanted anything. Yeah. He was used to being the doormat and the waiter. Yeah. So he, So we took a break because... He, he was trying to catch me looking on Craigslist for other people. Mm -hmm. And long story short, we took the, the break. But I had been married before to my high school sweetheart for 13 years. Mm -hmm. And in all the years that we were dating and all the years that we were married, I never once dreamt about him, my first mm -hmm. husband. Mm. And every single night while my now husband and I were apart, I dreamt about him. I mm. knew I couldn't let him go. Mm -hmm. And then that one day I went back out to him and mm. and we've been together ever since. And, mm, yeah. Nice. And I continue to dream about him. So I think nice. that's a, a nightly sign. I would yeah. love to know more though. You said what the 44, I don't want to put a word into your mouth, but pillars, foundations? Pra practices, practices, yes. Okay. But what does feminine presence mean to you? Yeah, feminine presence means a few different things. There's there's three layers that we work, and I'll just quickly do it because people misconstrue the word feminine and it actually damages both men and women in the understanding of what that is. It puts people in boxes, it puts people in roles, but it also sometimes shuts down the power of the feminine or or the masculine if we were talking about that. So we work at three different levels. The first level being um, just the infinite, God, consciousness, awareness, whatever you call it, that is not male or female, masculine or feminine. And the spiritual awakening process is to allow that awareness to awaken through you. And that isn't by doing your feminine work or doing your masculine work or doing your productivity work or doing being a positive human being. It's actually a different line of development altogether, which is why a lot of people get stuck. They may have more functional lives, but they don't reach that enlightenment and embodiment process that a lot of people are looking for when they're on the spiritual path. So that's the one level. The second level is what I call the yin and the yang which is the duality of life because we can't just all be walking around going, well, we're all one, so nothing matters. You know, it's it's not true. It, you know, things matter. And there is dark and light and there is warm and, and cool and there is um, challenge and ease and patience and impatience. It's just that's that's what the dimension of the world that we're living in. And so when we reject one side of that duality, we create resistance in our life. So let's take positive and negative. If you start resisting everything that is negative, which a lot of people do, you create resistance in your life. I'm not saying 
embrace and take in a whole negative life. I'm not saying that, but if you've got resistance to people that are negative, to situations that you would call negative, you're going to have that monkey mind still play. You're going to have the emotional roller coaster still play. You're going to have those triggered moments and they are not going away. And so as we embrace and move toward the things that we don't want to move toward, um, our shadow work, our, our um, pieces that we resist, then we truly become free. And then the third level is what I call the feminine essence and the masculine essence, which is more on a physical and energetic level. So we have the spiritual level, if you will. We have the dualistic level of this um, planet that we live on. And we have the, our body and our energy, like here it is sitting in this chair. And how do I run my energy and how am I? And so the feminine essence in um, someone, usually it's a woman who has a dominant feminine essence, but sometimes it's the man. Um, often they're gay, bisexual, not always, but they have a dominant sexual essence that is feminine and their secondary sexual essence is masculine. If a woman who's got a natural feminine essence rejects that, goes to sleep to that, becomes neutral, becomes like too masculine, it is not going to fare well for very long. She's either going to get sick, she's going to get stressed, she's going to push um, the masculine in her life away. Lots of things are going to start happening, which I had seen because I was taking on a lot of the masculine and neutral role because I've grown up with the sayings of, don't make a man think you need him. Don't make a man think you're less intellectually than him. And so I thought, well, to meet meet that wonderful man that I wanted, I've got to be intellectual and smart and all these things, which I already am, but I tried too hard to do that. I see a lot of women doing that, not being in their vulnerable feminine and how to be in your power while you're doing that. So the Art of Feminine Presence practices, many of them help a woman get powerful in that feminine vulnerability not only for their relationship but for their work like I couldn't do all the things that I do I'm one of the most productive people that I know I mean so much is going on but I'm doing it from my feminine essence so people are always going how on earth do you look younger every year more more energy every year while you've got more going on and it's because of this work and I'm seeing more women who get busier and busier and busier get sicker and sicker and sicker because they are not running their energy right and in spirituality it also affects that because you're not in the authentic place in your body which has something to do also with your with your spiritual awakening so all of the practices support either your magnetic presence, your spiritual awakening, your ability to be courageously expressed or your ability to have this feminine essence running through you so you can have a lot more radiance and pleasure and joy and ease and not so much resistance. And um, and the book that I wrote, I've written a couple of books, but the one that is more on what we're talking about today is called Powerful and feminine with like an mm. underline of and because so often we polarize that you've got to either be a powerful woman doing powerful things or feminine and how do those two things come together this is so fascinating to me because and, and listeners who have heard this before I'm sorry but not sorry but you'll get the point of me repeating this in 2018 I was in the hospital four times and mm -hmm. I was the way that I will often talk to my husband or with my husband about it is I was trying to direct my life. God knew how, how he wanted my life going. I was, you know, but I was putting too much force into what I thought I needed to do. So I got knocked on my butt a few times. Yes. Um, but this year I've actually surrendered and my year has been so much peace, more peaceful. And I don't mean surrender in a bad way. I just want to let you know that. I'm, I mean, going back a little bit to what you said about do what you love and the money will come. I'm not going that far because it, it still requires a lot of work. Yeah. But I'm allowing intuition to more guide me and I'm allowing yep. God to guide me to what I, I want exactly. to do. Exactly. And I haven't been in the hospital this year. Um, that's, that's awesome. Congratulations. Yeah. yeah, thank you. It's the first time in my life that I have not gotten sick in a whole calendar year so far. Wow. I, and well, I won't. Well, so. ex well, and 
the surrender. I mean, in in actually powerful and feminine, and I wrote a memoir called Divine Breadcrumbs. I outlined my chronic pain journey. I was in bed for two and a half years practically. Um, that was coming before all this work. <laughs> it, it helped me to get out of that as well. And the biggest realization, it was with a chronic back injury. I heard it um, while I was traveling in England, got stuck overseas um, for two and a half months, couldn't even get a lot, couldn't even lie down long enough to get, um, you know, fly back. I had to get all my friends to chip in for a $6,000 first class flight so I could lie down. But even that was horrendous to get back. And um, the the chapter in the book that um, was about how it pretty much changed overnight. I mean, chronic pain to three weeks later, nothing is called the power of surrender. <laughs> and it was that journey of how I had to do that. And to me, surrender is I have to be in non-resistance. I actually realized that all those two and a half years, I was like, I've got to be out of this back pain. I've got to be out of this back pain. What can help me? This is this can't keep going. This can't keep going. And actually, through prayer and meditation, for about two, two to three weeks, I said, help me be okay that if this is the way it's going to be for the rest of my life. Help me be okay if this is the way it's going to be. And it didn't happen overnight, but a few weeks later, I'm like, I, I would be okay. I could figure out working from my bed. I could just have lots of friends come over. I could never go anywhere, but they could come over. We could have parties. I could get a wheelchair, like whatever. I'll be okay. And within days after that, like almost all the pain just went and that was a miracle in my life at that time and people that were watching. But it did not come from all the chiropractic appointments. It did not come from 237 of them, to be exact, um, and all the other stuff that I had done. And I had done everything. I mean, I was in a, I was living in Ashland, Oregon at the time where um, there was so much spiritual and personal development work. Every, like every week, three people were telling me the newest, greatest way to get out of pain, you know, and I was trying a lot of it, but nope, there's, there's an energetic pattern that goes underneath everything. And so with the Art of Feminine Presence, with some of the practices, like getting centered is the easiest one, right? Being really home in your pelvis, but what's going on along your vertical core, what's going on in your light globe, which is your energetic field, what's going on when you come out of it and project that to someone else or that you diffuse your energy. We're looking at patterns that, that when women come to the workshop, they see, oh, my God, that is exactly why these sorts of people aren't attracted to me when I want them to be. These people are when I don't want them to be. Um, these are the these are the things going on in my life and I can show them because I can see energy now and um, sense the patterns that are going on in their physical and energetic body and sh and help them to see it or at least feel it and then when you change an energetic pattern everything has to change around it and that's what's happened with your health you change an energetic pattern of push to surrender and that is one of the biggest ones you can ever do you've got me thinking about our fingerprints mm -hmm. and I'll try to explain like if we were microscopic and we were following the path of a fingerprint if we tried to carve our own path in between one line and another it's going to be damn hard mm -hmm. and I feel like that's what I was trying to do all last year because mm -hmm. I was listening to what the gurus were telling me even though it didn't feel right and I don't mean that it felt uncomfortable and that it was a growth thing that I needed to do I just meant it wasn't in line with my being, but mm -hmm. I was still pushing to try to do it anyway. Yes. And, but I was also at the same time, and this is, I think, the bad connotation of surrender, but I was absolutely doing it, was I became a yes ma'am. Mm. Anytime anybody asked me to do anything, yep, I can mm. do that. And mm. I can actually create a whole nother 24-hour day within the 24-hour day that I have right now. So mm -hmm. I'm just going to tell you yes even though I know that that's not actually possible. Exactly, yep. But this year, I've stopped. No, mm. no, I mean, okay, I still have some growth to do there, but my yes ma'ams have been decreased by probably 75%. Awesome. And that's, I'm sleeping.
Yes, yes. Well, you know, disease comes from not containing your own energy. Mm-hmm. And so whether it's yes, ma'am, or other people are just giving too much or they're all over the shop mentally, they've got things going in all sorts of different directions um, and they don't know even sort of where they are or what their priority is, there's all sorts of ways we do it. It's it's at some level going to create maybe not disease in the body, but disease in your life, in your relationships, in your money. And so, yeah, go, going, I'm not going to be the yes man so much is allowed you to come back and feel your own potency of energy. Boundaries is a big thing that a lot of women have heard about. They're trying to do, but they're trying to do it through yes or no only and not understanding that your energy field, there is a boundary between mine and yours. We don't have the same energy field and they don't understand what's going on there. So when I get someone up in front of the room at a workshop and I say, what are you feeling with this woman? And they'll, they'll might say, well, I feel like she's lovely, but I feel like she's a bit insecure. That sometimes can surprise the woman up front. Like, oh, I don't feel like that. But everyone's seeing it. Everyone's seeing it. And we've sort of got the, you know, what's the um, king with no clothes, that, that story? The emperor's emperor with no clothes. Yeah, yeah, new clothes. It's like we can see other people and why, what's coming off them. And so we, you've got a signal that you're sending. And, and most people don't know the signal they're sending. So Art of Feminine Presence is a really great, safe way to get candid feedback of this is the signal you're sending and here's how to change it through these practices. Um, and it's revolutionary because most people are just doing personal development from their mindset, right? It's like put these goals down, do the spec sheets, which I am all for, all for goal setting, all for spec sheets, all for positive thinking, oh, my gosh, all for that. But if it stops there, and doesn't come into the body and doesn't come into your psychological shadow that you do not want to look at and is actually a blind spot, then you're going to still have things held up and you're not going to know why because the positive thinking has not fixed it. And a lot of people these days are coming to Art of Feminine Presence saying it's the missing link. They've done personal work for decades. I mean, most of my women are between 35 and 75. So they've been around for a long time doing spiritual work pretty much all their life or personal work. And they're like, why am I still struggling with money? Why am I still struggling with relationships? Or why am I still struggling with getting people's attention when they've been on a personal development path for 30 years? That can't be happening. There must be a missing link. And so this this piece of what is your voice saying, your energy saying, your body saying, your shadow work, you're really dealing with your fear, that unhooks things that you cannot do by just writing something down or journaling or changing your mindset about it because the energetic pattern is what creates the mindset, not the other way around. Right? The thought comes from the energetic field, not the thought then making the energetic field change overnight because you can change a thought by just like trying to think a different way. But if you can't change the energetic pattern, it's not going to hold for very long, which we sort of know how that feels. Yeah. yeah I mean, I can tell myself day. that green is yellow, but I'll know, mm-hmm. I'll know better. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm over here contemplating if there should be a word called heart set. We talk so much about mindset. But if our, if our heart, if our intuition isn't behind what our mind is telling us? Yes. Well, I would go so far, um, and this will be sort of a fun way to, to talk about it, is womb set. Oh, I because, love that. <laughs> because in the outer frame of presence, one of the fundamental practices is called the womb space. It doesn't matter if some woman does not have a physical womb or not, but it is the energetic space of deep in her pelvis. And so the heart is also, we do a lot of healing around the heart and womb connection because women are not very comfortable in owning their own sexuality, which causes a lot of issues health-wise, relationship-wise, and being a leader-wise. 
or they have heart issues, you know, heart closed down or they're just in their mind. But what I've found with women, they have already done a lot of their heart set work when they've come to us, right? They're, they've made that transition from head to heart. They're, they're quite intuitive. But when we're talking about being seen, being heard, and inspiring change, which is our tagline for Art of Feminine Presence, be seen, be heard, inspire change. When you're put into that situation where now it's your job to be visible, be courageous, and make an impact, then all your stuff comes up. And when the womb space is not anchored, like you, meaning you are there all the time, all the time, what will happen is when you feel safe, your heart will open. And when you don't feel safe, your heart will close, no matter how much heart set work you've done, until it drops to the womb, to the hara, to the, to the pelvis. You will be caught in that dynamic forever. But once it drops down, your heart is not what's creating security by opening and closing. What is secure is that you're in the lower half of your body all of the time. And so your heart sits on top of it happy, open, joyful, and not having to defend. Like the other week, just the other week, I had I was doing a speech. I do a lot of speaking to small groups, 30, 40, 50 people at a time type thing. And at the end of the speech, this man who was very big, very burly, got up at the mic and said, how dare you be talking like this? You are telling these people lies. You are blah, blah, like, and really attacking me in front of about 55 people. And... I didn't move. I was in love with this man. Now, that would not have happened a few years ago. I would have triggered my body. I would have tensed up. Maybe I would have tried to be nice, but internally I would have been like, what the hell? Right, <laughs> I would have been, you know, trying to justify why why I'm right and he's wrong. And I just let him have his peace and said a few things that were big lessons for everyone in the room. It was like, this is the perfect way to end this speech, everybody, because this is what I'm trying to teach you is how to be unshakable no matter what occurs. And so thank him. Don't judge him. Thank him for this. I could feel the whole room wanting to pounce on him because they actually loved what I was saying. And they were sort of like, oh, God, here he goes again, because apparently there had been some issues with this guy. Um, but don't pounce. It's like, are you willing to do the work to get to Art of Feminine Presence or something similar like that, get out from behind the computer, get out from behind the book reading and actually do the work to get in your body and be pressured up against being visible and being confronted and to stay in the body. And if you are, then this is good work. If you're not, stay in your head bubble or only in your heart set. <laughs> I, wouldn't, I didn't know that word then, but... And it was just so perfect. So I just want as we're, you know, getting closer here to the end that that if any of you are serious, I mean committed to being that unshakable person no matter who's coming at you, no matter what is going on in your day or your person, then really look at this work. And I've got some free videos you can start with and all of that later, but to to at least start because this has given me total freedom. And I could not have said that five years in. I still had some stuff to, <laughs> you know, work on. But 10 years in, it's been the gift of my life to give me total freedom of mind, of heart, of body, of getting up on stage no matter what happens, I am solid. And that I did not put on my spec sheet in the beginning. It's just been an amazing journey. I love that you said that you weren't there five years in. Yes. That it took time. because It takes time, <laughs> exactly. I started my business in 2012, and I will tell you that it took six years and nine months for me to realize mm -hmm. that I don't need to respond immediately. People may want my immediate response, but I don't need to. Mm -hmm. I can take a step back and respond when I am comfortable to responding in the words yep. that I want to say instead of the words that I feel rushed to say. Exactly. Your business is about making you money, not about saying yes to everyone who you don't really need to help. Uh -huh. Absolutely. Well, Rachel Jane, I I know that you are on on a crazy calendar day today in the best way <laughs> and you are and you are jet setting tomorrow. I I just want to thank you so much. You've opened my eyes in so many ways. Tonight my exercise before bed is going to be working on my 
my new life blueprint. And I want to thank you for that. I'm so sorry. That was so rude of me to interrupt. But listeners, I want to um, ask you to also create your own and head on over to the show notes at thekimsutton.com forward slash PP633 and leave a comment down below with the ahas you have received out of this episode. I would love to know. I know Rachel Jane would love Mm. to know. So Mm. be sure to go over there. But also you'll be able to find over there all the links to, well, where Rachel Jane will share with us momentarily where you can connect and, and the resources that she'll provide. Yes, yes. Well, the best one is free. I think everyone loves free. It's a a course that I did recently called Fully Expressed, How to Take the Breaks Off, Be Visible and Well Compensated as a Feminine Leader. It's actually probably a great one to watch if there's any guys watching, but it's primarily for women. And you can go to artoffeminineprescence.com forward slash fully expressed and choose a time over the next few days that you'd like to go through that um, video training. It's going to give you probably five or six of the core practices um, that we've been talking about. And then if anyone wants to check out where we are in the world in the next 12 months, you can go to artoffeminineprescence.com and look at our events and maybe we'll see you in person to uh, do some courageous embodiment work to get you unshakable. Ohio could use you. <laughs> Please and thank you. Well, I just want to thank you again for coming on. You you have my mind going in so many awesome directions right now, which is always dangerous for me, but it's <laughs> completely enlightening right now. So thank you so much. You're very I would, welcome. I would love to know if you have a parting piece of advice or a golden nugget that you could share with listeners. Yeah. So a question that I want you to ask yourself at least 10 times over the next 24 hours, and that is, am I home? And home is your womb space. Home is deep down in your pelvis, drop further down to your heart. And maybe you put a little sticky note on your computer to remind you, am I home? Because when I'm, I'm in my head bubble, you are not paying attention. When I am home, you're paying attention. And attention is the most valuable currency in success. So keep asking yourself, am I in my head or am I home? And be inside your pelvis and just see what happens over the next 24 hours. And then, yeah, go over the show notes and let us know what happens. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Positive Productivity Podcast. When I'm not podcasting, I'm supporting six to seven figure business coaches with their marketing automation and entrepreneurs like you through my coaching and mastermind programs. I want to invite you to visit thekimsutton.com to learn how I can help you take your business to the next level.